improve their communication skills so they can help more people and help people more. I'm your host Dr Martin Harvey, I'm a chiropractor and I'm an expert in communicating the value of chiropractic. So today on Under the Influence I'm going to be dealing with a really common situation that happens in social situations and sometimes happens in practice as well and we're going to be working through a framework that can allow you to deal not only with this situation and what I mean by situation is a challenging situation a situation that could turn to shit if you didn't handle it well I'm going to be working through a framework that will allow you to really feel much more confident and certain in your ability to communicate in a, in a way that lets you get your point across and also helps maintain the connection with the other person. So the situation is the I don't need chiropractic because I do Pilates or it could be I don't need chiropractic because I do yoga or I don't need chiropractic because I get massage or I don't need chiropractic because I can crack my own back. Any of those sort of situations we're going to be breaking down what makes them difficult and what you can do to make them easy in just a minute. A uh, little bit of an update on what's been happening. The Retention Recipe 2.0 is about to launch, so watch this space for that. It's going to be an online program. I'm really excited about it. Had planned on launching it this week, but I've got some other extra things that I've added back into it. If you've previously done the retention recipe and there are things that you would like me to cover in the retention recipe 2.0, now is the time to let me know because that will be coming out very, very soon. I know I've been saying that for a few weeks, but these are big projects and I really want to make sure that it is completely dialed in before I push go on it. Having said that, I will be offering an early bird discount for people who want to get on it early uh, before it reverts to the full price a few weeks later. Uh, I will be at the Kids Summit on September 10th and 11th in Sydney. It's available to for you if you want to attend um, in person. You can also uh, attend uh, virtually. You can sort of dial in phenomenal program a bunch of people who have been on the podcast will be presenting um, really looking forward to it um, particularly if you want to up your game in terms of being able to take care of kids then you definitely want to be there there's a link in the show notes and if you use that link there's a discount by using my initials when you go to sign in i think it's mh100 gives you a hundred dollars off so let's get into the topic of discussion. I don't, I'm going to use the example of I don't need chiropractic because I do Pilates because that's the one that happened in practice yesterday. But if you run into any of the other scenarios that I mapped out earlier, exactly the same approach works. So um, the, the situation that happened yesterday was, was slightly different in that it wasn't a social situation, which is the, the really common one that I don't need chiropractic because I do X or Y comes up in. Um, in this scenario, it was a uh, woman who'd been a client for over a period of time and she had one of those classic sort of groupings of a bunch of different um, 
really chronic symptomatologies attached to a pretty crappy spine. And she'd been subluxated for a long time and had a lot of other things going on. And we got some significant improvement with her care and I'd encouraged her to look at yoga or Pilates as a way of helping introduce some extra stability and uh, build some more movement and exercise into her life. And she came back in yesterday and she had, we hadn't seen her for a few months and so she's typically on a getting checked, a recommendation of getting checked every two weeks and she hadn't been in for about three months. And her comment to me was, I've been doing so well with Pilates, I didn't need to come in for chiropractic care. Um, and we can see why that creates a slightly different situation to somebody in a social situation who says they don't need Pilates because, uh, sorry, they don't need chiropractic because they do Pilates because she has had an experience in a couple of unique ways in that she's had an experience of how her body worked with chiropractic, how her body worked with Pilates alone, and then what happened when she stopped chiropractic for a period of time. Anyway, I'm going to loop back to that in a minute, and I'm going to work with the work through the, the general framework that I'd suggest with this difficult situation where it's applied in the social situation. So in the difficult situations workshop, we teach a really simple framework of how you deal with difficult situations. Um, and it's basically that, that step one is you want to make sure that you don't make the other person wrong because we know that when we make people wrong, we have a very low likelihood of then influencing them to our way of thinking, as well as it just feels shit to be the person on the other side of being made wrong. It doesn't feel nice for somebody to invalidate your beliefs. So if somebody's coming in saying, I don't need chiropractic because I have because I do Pilates, and we try and persuade them that, that they do need chiropractic, then the tendency is going to be that people will just naturally block out or ignore or devalue our opinion. Or more seriously, if we really kind of impinge on their sense of autonomy and having their own decisions, having their own beliefs and making their own decisions, then we run the risk of them going even further and evoking confirmation bias or motivated reasoning where they go looking for all the reasons they were right in the first place to believe they didn't need chiropractic. Chiropractic's are quacks, they're just after your money, they just want to keep you coming back. Um, and all the reasons that they were kind of right for thinking that Pilates was the solution for them. That's what my GP told me to do. That's what my friends do, etc., etc. So they might have had a loosely held belief that they didn't need chiropractic and a loosely held belief that the reason they didn't need chiropractic was Pilates. If we're clumsy and make them wrong, either explicitly or implicitly, then worst case scenario, we're actually going to kind of have them neurologically reinforce that belief. They're going to essentially neuroplastically embed that belief system by repeating it and reinforcing it and building a case for it. So step one that we teach in the difficult situations workshop is we've got to, if we're going to try and influence somebody's existing beliefs, we've got to ask permission because essentially what asking permission does is it displays sensitivity and it also says to them, this is your right to have a belief and I recognize that that I'm 
trying to, I guess, sort of come into that space of your belief. So asking permission allows them, uh, expresses that sensitivity. The second thing that it does, once they say yes, then essentially neurologically it takes away that blocking and filtering, filtering as well as the likelihood of uh, confirmation bias because when you're telling them something that they don't naturally already agree with, they tend to look at it as, well, I gave permission for this, I said this was okay. So the next step after that then is to agree with them, is to essentially say, yeah, Pilates is a great way of building up strength. It's a really good way of building up mobility and stability. I think you're really onto something great there. Would it be okay if I just offered a slightly different perspective? And again, we've got another layer of permission here. Again, if they say yes, then uh, you've essentially again we've got a much lower like a much higher likelihood of them taking on what you've got to say. Look, what you might not know is how chiropractic works in a way that can sort of help your Pilates be even better. You see, what chiropractic does is it makes sure that every single spinal joint is moving and lined up the way that it should be. You see, spinal joints are a little bit different to other joints. So if I asked you to move your knee without moving your ankle or your hip, you could find a way of doing it. If I asked you to move your shoulder or your wrist or your ankle without bending the joints either side of it, you can do it. You can move those joints in isolation. So it means from an exercise perspective, you have the capacity to target a single joint if it has a problem with an exercise. But if I asked you now to just move the third joint in your neck without moving the second or the fourth, can you do it? No, you can't. And so what we're doing there is we're giving them an experience. First of all, we're agreeing with them, but we're offering a different perspective that doesn't invalidate their existing perspective. It adds a new angle to it, which says rather than trying to focus on strength, mobility, stability, which are the things that they've already uh, probably anchored to Pilates, we've opened up a new anchor, a valuable thing to aspire to, which is joints that have their individual segmental motion and position. Um, so if you see a chiropractor to make sure all the joints are moving and aligned the way they should be, and then do Pilates over the top of that, it makes sure that you're building strength and mobility and stability in good patterns, in really positive ideal patterns. Um, and more importantly, it makes sure that you, you're not locking in bad habits of joint function um, that you could be building if you don't have if you don't address that segmental motion and as we sort of spoke about pilates can't make one single spinal joint move it moves groups of joints does that make sense so really simple framework if we just review it again first thing is we make sure that we're not going to make them wrong and we do that by asking permission and then agreeing with their with the value of their perspective then we ask permission to offer a different perspective. We map out how our perspective is different. Um, and then we uh, combine the two and explain what the value to them would be of having chiropractic care. And then subtly we add in the, the negative of not having chiropractic care, which is if you keep doing Pilates, it may be that you're reinforcing um, abnormal patterns of spinal joint motion or position. So if we now apply it to the other situation 
that happened in practice yesterday had the client who came in, she'd had previous care and had some results with chiropractic care. Things were up and down and we'd recommended that she do Pilates um, or yoga along with her care. She'd taken on doing Pilates and then her symptoms had done, um, had been much better once she started uh, Pilates until they weren't. She'd stopped care for a period and then all of a sudden she was back having a bunch of her symptomatology but much more acutely than she had previously had or had in a long period of time but her response was when I said oh look haven't seen you in a while how's life been she goes well I haven't needed to come in as I've been doing Pilates now if we look at the continuum that we speak about in terms of levels of health belief we talk about people existing at a pain level of health awareness a prevention level of health awareness and a performance level of health awareness those of you who've been listening along for a while or have done any of the of my communication programs will very quickly identify that she's essentially saying i have a pain level of health awareness that you would go to a healthcare provider in this case a chiropractor when i had pain and if i didn't have pain i wouldn't go so our job then really is to as quickly as possible try and bridge or, or give her some communication impact ideally something that she experiences that's going to help her see things from at least the level above that which would be a prevention level of health awareness so that over the long term there's the potential for us um, perhaps building an awareness in her that uh, uh, that aligns with the performance level of health awareness performance level of health awareness is that really simple understanding that how your body works affects or impacts everything that you do and that is most valuable in helping you do the things that you have to do, love to do or see as your role or identity to do. Now, we can't fast track to that in this situation. We've really just got to put in the work to try and get her to see things from at least that next level above. So the advantage that we have in this situation is that this client has had experience of their body working and not working in different scenarios. And we can help her, we can adapt the communication approach to then have her connect to those experiences as a way of fast tracking them to become a belief because the hierarchy of the the influence hierarchy says that there's essentially different things that are more likely to impact people's beliefs and therefore their behavior the least likely thing is me is me telling her things so if i tell her you should be having chiropractic care to prevent this sort of thing from happening. Not so likely if she doesn't already believe it. Next level above that is where uh, she makes the connection. So I either ask her something that allows her to make that connection or she makes the connection because of something that doesn't kind of quite map out. Or more powerfully, again, if she, if she has an experience that shows her the limitation of her existing belief system, then that's the most powerful way of changing her belief and therefore her behavior. So how does all this work? First thing is, I don't want to make her wrong. I don't want to, to run the risk of her blocking what I've got to say or evoking confirmation bias. So when she comes in and says, I haven't needed chiropractic as I've been doing Pilates, I definitely don't want to turn this into a situation by saying, well, no, you need chiropractic even if you've been doing Pilates. Look what's happened to you. I don't want to make her wrong. I don't want to tell her off because that runs the very high risk of this turning into a situation. 
So I've got to agree with her. Yeah, look, Pilates is a great way of building up strength, mobility, st stability. It's clear that it's really, really helped. That's awesome. Would it be okay if I just offered a slightly different perspective? Wait for the yes, because we know that permission only works once they've said yes. And then we go through the same scenario. What chiropractic does is make sure spinal joints are moving and aligned the way they should be. Spinal joints are different to other joints in terms of the way that they respond to exercise because um, they, they move as a team rather than in, as individuals. So um, other joints work as team, a team as well, but they have the choice of doing working as individuals as well. So if I asked you to move your knee without moving, and we run through that whole thing that we did earlier, um, so she can experience that. We're using an experience there that she would have and tapping into an experience of her not being able to move the third joint in her neck without moving the second and the fourth. So, you know, back before we were, before uh, you started Pilates, what we were trying to do is get the joints moving and aligned the way they should. And that was helping. However, you were lacking the strength, mobility and stability to really lock that in. And so then you had the, the Pilates and you locked in some of that change. The challenge is that you've still got some of those uh, habits of the joints kind of drifting back into that subluxated or locked up pattern. Plus you've got day-to-day -day stresses of sitting at your desk and stress and all the other things that can trigger uh, vertebra to subluxate to go out of balance. Um, so uh, what we what we has happened essentially with you with um, what's been going on with you is that things have gone out of have probably gone out of balance and then so what I need to do then is to essentially use the experience of her body and so I'm going to do a hands on I'll do other things I'll do a range of motion assessment all the other things we normally do. But then when I'm palpating her spine, I'm gonna be focusing on demonstrating areas of subluxation. And because they're often tender to the touch, even in areas that you don't have any symptomatology, I can demonstrate that you can have a problem without necessarily having a symptom. Now, I wanna double click on this. You see the key difference between people at a prevention level of health awareness and people at a pain level of health awareness is that people at a prevention level of health awareness recognize that you can have a problem you can have something not working right that you'd be better off addressing without necessarily having a symptom whereas people at a at a pain level of health awareness they really believe that you if you had something that was significantly wrong you'd be able to feel it so in doing this uh, hands-on palpatory examination, I can then show her, I can say, look, yes, you've got the pain in your left uh, lower back and you've got the pain in the right upper back. Yes, I can find a subluxation there. Let's check the rest of the spinal. What's it? That's a subluxation too. That's a problem there, an area where the vertebrae aren't working properly. It just hasn't started to cause pain yet. What I'm going to suggest is happening with you is that there's two parts to the problem. And those of you who have done the retention recipe, or if you really want to learn more about the how to, to apply two parts of the problem, then I would really suggest getting onto the retention recipe. But the way that we would apply it in this situation is I'd say there's two parts of the problem. There's the pain part of the problem that came on yesterday when you're doing Pilates and things started to lock up. And I'm going to suggest in a minute that we do an adjustment and get you headed back in the right direction. I'll map out what we need to do to get back on track. It's also important once things are feeling better, 
that we continue on to minimise the chance of the same sort of thing happening again um, because we, you can have these areas of the spine go out of balance and not necessarily cause you symptoms straight away. So if we want to minimise the chance of it, it's important that we work even when it feels good. In fact, that's the best time to get care. Does that make sense? So what I hope you've got from today's breakdown is a, a bit of a framework of what you can do in a really common situation, which is where people come in, either in a social situation or in the practice, come in with a uh, belief that yoga, massage, Pilates, cracking their own back, whatever it is, is in some ways a replacement for chiropractic. And there's a specific framework of, um, first of all, making sure that we don't make them wrong, asking permission, agreeing with the value of their perspective, asking permission again to offer a different perspective, and then build in what the specific additional thing that chiropractic does and then the final step is to uh, explain how chiropractic and whatever their chosen preferred modality is work together. Um, if somebody is in office and has had an experience of it, then you can add in those experiential beats to uh, make it more impactful. Um, and specifically what it is about is their experience of feeling good but then applying pressure and their body not doing well um, and you, in particular using that two parts to the problem framework to um, explain that and then also the experience of using the demonstrating an area of subluxation um, in an area that doesn't have any symptoms yet. So thanks for listening to Under the Influence. Catch you again next week. If you enjoyed today's episode, then you will love the Mastering Daily Interactions online workshop. It's a three-part online workshop that will show you an exact framework that you can use on every visit to make sure that your patients or clients are getting that drip, drip, drip feed of information that will help them create a greater connection to the understanding at the core of chiropractic. You see the truth of it is that people change beliefs or learn new beliefs gradually and they learn them based on their experience. So you can have the best report of findings in the world but if you don't have that reinforcement over time of a specific efficient structure that allows you to connect and create individualized value on every visit then you're never going to get as good a results so check out the mastering daily interactions website at insideoutpractices.com